0: Hey, everybody. Lead creative Larry Sanders here. And today's episode of What's Who Sim Radio is brought to you by the web's best kept secret, Sim.com. Again, please check out everything we've got going on from our burgeoning podcast network. Uh, season one of the Albums of the Decade Project is, again, wrapped. Uh, please like, review, and subscribe. Check us out everywhere you stream your podcasts. Uh, the first 12 episodes are excellent, phenomenal. I would recommend. Please uh, listen and tell a friend when you get done. 12 Phenomenal selections that I'm pretty sure you've listened to, a friend, have, a friend has listened to, and um, you'd love to listen to, that you'd love to share with those who uh, share your musical taste. So please, Albums of the Decade, first 12 episodes, season one has wrapped and will be back this summer. What's With Some Radio, still cranking out podcasts as we quarantine. We're shooting fully for two a week, so be on the lookout for those. Uh, and projects coming with our entertainment critic, Miss Ryan and Morgan, are on deck. So again, whatsootshim.com. Our podcast network, consulting, photography, essays, everything got going on there. Please check us out at com. One more time, com. We are also brought to you by Let's Talk Bro podcast on black masculinity, hosted by a friend of the podcast, Jeremy Hurt. Uh, it drops every Wednesday wherever you stream your podcast. Um, very important conversations about black masculinity, mental health, um, the intersection of just kind of how we as black men uh, traverse this world trying to figure out who we are and um, who we want to be and um, yeah, navigating the pressures that come along with self-discovery so uh, please check out Jeremy's pod um, they are cranking out pods once a week every Wednesday like I said wherever you stream your podcast and very vital conversations are being had over on their show so one more time let's talk bro a podcast on black masculinity uh, wherever you stream your podcast shout out to the homie Jeremy Hurt um, you will be hearing him again on this pod very very shortly I'm assuming so Yep, we are back again today with more NBA talk, um, NBA series going strong. Uh, Shout out to Beat the Buzzer podcast boys, Keenan Terry and Ricardo Patterson for joining me on this evening. Recruited them to uh, recap last night's uh, doubleheader of The Last Dance, the Jordan documentary. Talked about episodes three and four. Um, Very important to me that I have some fellow Detroiters on the dock since Um, our hometown was of major importance in the documentary and ultimately in the Michael Jordan um, backstory. So very excited to talk to them about that. We also went and talked about um, our top uh, five NBA championship teams, but because uh, as you see the timestamp, this one went long, that one will probably run, if not this Thursday, then um, at some point next week. So be on the lookout for that. But yes, as we um, continue to watch this Uh, Phenomenal documentary I'm very much Looking forward to Talking to the homies About what's been going down And yeah This is a recap Of last night's episode So Looking forward to Talking to them That's coming up next But first As always My brother Willie Uh, Yeah, I'm Detroit's own savior Detroit's own plug Detroit's own future Detroit's own love love. I'm Detroit's own yeah, I'm Detroit Zone. Yeah, and I never asked for my heart back. You can have it without all you taught me. I never would have lasted. I know I can. move. But, this all right, way. we can get started back on these mics. Um Ken and Cardo beat the buzzer podcast, boys. Here again. What's popping, fellas? What's going on? <coughs> What up, dude? What up, dude? Recapping episodes, uh, well, night two, episodes three and four of The Last Dance to Start, and then we'll get into another assignment I gave these black men, NBA assignment. I guess NBA podcast will be on Tuesdays now since I'm going to be recapping. Since so we'll be recapping these uh, Michael Jordan episodes. But I want to have two Detroit boys on to talk about last night's episode specifically, the Dennis Rodman episode, episode three, and then they dove a little bit more into the Chicago-Detroit rivalry in episode four. Um, got my thoughts definitely as, as I I feel conflicted, man. I was telling Keenan last week as a Michael Jordan and a de facto Bulls fan for like after I grew up, it's definitely weird to like watch all that shit post-mortem as somebody who almost was detached from that level of Pistons fandom and be rooting for the Pistons, man. Like I'm kind of mad at how like those, both Bulls teams handled that rivalry. I kind of felt like they, they, they wanted (laughs) to, um... They, I felt like so. I read a lot, of, or read and heard a lot of stuff last night about how the Pistons had this persecution complex, and I'm like, we're the team that won two titles. I don't quite understand how like the team that was trying to beat us was justified in hating us so much. I don't know if if I um if I'm if I'm articulating what I'm trying to say right, but I'll let y'all uh, share the early, early thoughts on the night two of the documentary.
1: Um. Quick peek, I agree with you. So, I, I, the one thing I think that everybody's going to kind of point to is, especially for those who don't really grow up around here or who, like, maybe never pay attention to that style of basketball outside of Jordan Highlights, is that uh, kind of how we were talking about the walk-off. Now, skip about the history of them, like, them being walked off on before. Like, Jordan hadn't beaten them. So, for him to make that comparison, like, you kind of alluded to it a few like, yeah, 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 yeah. for him to make the comparison to himself, and basically being like, "Hey, I shook their hands, bro. You wasn't a champion at that time. You might have right. been a better player, but you ain't earned the right, or not even earned. Like, nigga, ain't owe you nothing yet, bro. You was getting your butt beat every day,
0: right? Year. All right, well, let, let, let's let's start with the wall. So, um, and when they beat us, they swept well, they swept the Pistons in '91, fair and square. Um, four all beat us in Auburn Hills. Um, with seven tens with seven seconds to go in the game. The starters led by Bill Lambeer, well, led by Isaiah, he was the captain of the team, but apparently the idea was Bill Lambeer's to not shake their hands on the exit from through the tunnel after the, before the game ended. Um, uh-huh. Which I didn't, what I didn't know before last night, and I'm on Isaiah's side. I've heard a lot of people say this is different cases, but what Isaiah pointed out was that in 87, after they beat Boston finally for the first time, um, Bird mm-hmm. and McHale, no, Bird and Parrish and a bunch of those guys left the floor early. Um, Isaiah said that he was able to grab Kevin McHale before he left the court. That's the only reason they talked. Otherwise, McHale would have left too. So a lot of folks made the point yeah. that the game—it was a road game. They were in Pontiac, which is the Detroit suburb. Um, whereas the Bulls—it was uh, the Bulls were on the road. It wouldn't have been the same level of. So what I heard was Boston's security told the Celtics to leave early just in case, like some bullshit popped off on the floor. Fans came on the floor because fans were already starting to come up to the floor. I get that. And At the same time, time in life. well nobody gonna scrap Larry Bird, bro. Like that's that's kind of my argument, is that like what no fans would scrap Larry Bird had they storn on the floor? They would have been fine. Fans store on the floor all the time. And it wasn't no Madison yeah. palace type deal. So that was a
1: really great time in life. Like you could really be on the court, like in the in, in the great part, as I've just been kind of watching like old, like old film and stuff like that. This really was going on up until like the early 2000s. Like I like even some of those Shaq Lakers teams would have a few people on the floor already, and not mm-hmm. even just the front row, but like a few people kind of walking there, and I'm like, okay. Times used to be real, real friendly, bro. So See, yeah, kinda, yeah, you you been you been not even think that you about to cross that imaginary line, that little. Upside. Oh no,
0: no, 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 no! It's actually not after oh four, not after oh four, but.
1: Oh no, sir!
0: No, never sir. again, never again. But um, yeah, bro, I was kind of like at a loss that so many people were like, yeah, it's totally different. And for Mike to be like, well, yeah, I shook their hand every time we lost. It's like, you, you hadn't won nothing yet, bro. Like, obviously, you had no comparison point. I'm sure if you were the champ, you'd probably feel a way if these upstarts. And I guess, I don't know. I guess my perspective of it with Mike specifically is that, um, and everybody also said this too, was that Detroit, well, we had this persecution complex where we felt like the league didn't want us to succeed. We never had the best player in the league. So I think that's not a fair assessment. You know what I mean? Like, the league obviously wants the best player in the league to be, like, the champion. We didn't have that. Like, Isaiah wasn't... The bad boys were never going to be the face of the NBA, bro. Point Every. blank, period. So, it's, it's kind of... Yeah. I, I feel like it's a little bit um facetious to be like, yeah, we're just laying it on a little bit thick. I'm like, yo, we're not... A, we, I mean, it is what it is. Detroit ain't Chicago. We ain't Boston. We ain't LA. Like, we're not a big market. We about a medium-sized market. So, for I, I think about this historically. Like, we are probably... This is probably the fourth greatest franchise in NBA history, right? I think we've talked about this before. So it's like to think about that is like the NBA probably isn't happy about that. I'm sure if they had a day where the Sixers would probably be the fourth best franchise in NBA history, right? Or like somewhere else, the Clippers. Like you know, not not the fucking Detroit Pistons. Like that's not what they would hope for in in historical terms. So
2: yeah,
1: and I feel I feel like just in in the context that you just said, like it's crazy to think about because they even said it on the the documentary. Like, I forget who it was. It might it might have been Zeke or might it maybe it was, it was somebody that basically was like. You know, Detroit is a small market and all this stuff. And it's crazy to think about, that, especially at this time that, like, they're talking about, like, mid-90s and stuff, early 90s and stuff like that. Detroit was, uh, if I remember, like, like, population-wise, Detroit was, like, a top-eight city in the country, maybe even, like, higher. Like, it was, it was over, it had surpassed over a million and stuff like that. And to think that that was still relatively a small market, like that was a non-LA market that wasn't New York with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. I don't even think that anybody calls Boston a bigger market per se, like a bigger city type style. But in terms of basketball royalty and stuff, it's a bigger market because it you know, enables right. Boston itself. Even I feel like the Sixers, like that.
0: I feel like sports alone. Makes Boston a big market. I feel like if Boston didn't have like the, the historical sports, like you said, what else, would, not they, like, yeah. what else would they have? Like, they have American history broadly defined, but like at this yeah. point, that was keeping them sort of relevant in Americana is their sports. No shade, but right. Especially when you think about the
1: sports world, yeah. So, so that that's one thing that I did see. I, I think another kind of piece of it too was not only about Detroit, kind of like being a suburb at the time. Or not Detroit being in the suburbs, but them playing in the suburbs, it was something where the the league you figure the let's just call it those five years or so really where uh, you could kind of tell that Magic and Bird face were fading out. Excuse me, the league would have preferred Jordan to be the face over Isaiah, but they would have loved to be able to keep the right like the rivalry that they had between the two. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out the same because those guys were on both on the East and in the same you know division because you're within a few hours. That's why it was it was very important for the league i'll say to make sure that uh magic you know and jordan were able to go against each other a few times especially when you think about time wise uh, that was around that was the year before i believe i remember right that's the year before or maybe a year and a half before uh magic came out with the announcement about the hiv really a short-lived time so you got, like, you got a guy who Magic is kind of already starting to limp. Not limp, but kind of towards the end of his career. Like, he's been in the league, you know, plus 12. I think 12 years at the time. He's, like, you know, 70s and stuff. You got Bird who knows that he's, you know, where he's at. But then you've got a guy with Isaiah Thomas. You never had a short, like, a really small guy be the face of the league. So I think it was also a tough time, even, like, because Jordan had pressure from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And... The bad boys, like, yes, were they, were they following? But I think one thing, and I think I kind of alluded to this with Justin last week, is they were playing within the the rules of the game system, like like how right. James Harden does. Like, as much as we don't necessarily like the, the way that James Harden plays, James Harden has an understanding of the rules, so he knows exactly how he needs to uh, either portray it to the rest or things he needs to do. And I just think that that's something that the Pistons were doing at the time, mm-hmm. which, of course, is frustrating because – You know, as people have come to learn more about the game, you realize that the game is supposed to be more of a fluid, poetic kind of thing. Like, it's not supposed to be brunts and bruising like But but what is it
0: supposed to be, though? I guess it's kind of—that's kind of the pushback I was getting to earlier was that, like— I mean, the point you just made, they were playing within the rules. I literally just listened to a Zach Lowe Mm -hmm. Bobby Marks podcast where they were saying after the Pistons started winning the way they were winning— Stern easily could have came out and been like, yeah, we're going to implement flagrant files more rigorously. You know what I'm saying? We could, they could have made it, going out their way to get the Pistons out the fucking paint. They didn't do it. Um, which I guess also speaks to the, against the conspiracy, the, the idea that they didn't want us to win. They could have gotten us out of the paint if they wanted to. But, yeah, like the idea that the Pistons were doing these things that were beyond the pale. They were so beyond the pale. You know what I mean? Like, we they wouldn't have allowed it. <laughs> But at the same time, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was good for business, too, ultimately. That's that's the thing. is like,
2: my thing is, like, if you look at any rule change, like, once people, like, start seeing the extreme of it, it doesn't happen the very next year. It normally takes a couple of years before you start seeing those rule change take effect. Right. Like, the flagrant calls came. my sound flagrant call, came a thing, the Pistons weren't relevant anymore. But, like, they were definitely put in place because of what the Pistons were doing. Like it's not like they weren't. The Pistons were the catalyst for that, for becoming a thing. Like, to what they, be, what we like, what they now, 50, have grown into, like, now. But, but like they, they were the catalyst of it. They don't. They don't. Those those rule changes don't immediately happen one or two years later. It normally takes a few seasons. That's and that's every rule that's ever happened in the NBA. Like no matter all the change that we can look at, like Harden, like except for Harden, like we'll probably see an, an official rule change for that at some point, probably in the next couple of seasons, just because like that's just like how the timeline plays out. Nothing yeah, immediate because the organization's too big for you making immediate for you making immediate change like the very next year. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of making like rule changes. You got the teams all got to vote on it. The teams like everybody has to mutually agree.
0: No, that's true. But and I the, mean, they, like,
2: Stern like Stern could just make a decision and then that's just the, that's just the end all be all. People have to like. There's still a voting process that goes along with that. He can just kind of present the uh, idea. out. It's really no simple like no different how governments run.
0: I think part two of that too is that if the Pistons were the only team that were doing it, they probably would have been like, okay, fine. But the point What's is that the, the Pistons are doing it
2: back because you had because you had to. At that point, it's either. You either let them just do it to you and you just accept it and you lose or you fight back. So I like mean, you, like you have more teams like push back, but even like like Chicago, Chicago kind of just like they just like bought them and said, didn't let it affect them. But you had some like the Boston were fighting back. Like you clearly have video of them fighting back on those same things. The the 90s Knicks literally were the, like the next generation of them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say, like, not even, I mean, fuck the fighting back part. The idea that like you had the Knicks of the world who honestly weren't even trying to like win, like trying to even. The thing I liked about the Pistons, I was telling Keenan is, I think, last week, if if not offline, but just like I love yeah. the, the Pistons would fight you, but they also played a pretty solid basketball. They got up and down the court. Um on makes Isaiah was pushing it. Um Bill was a finesse player, even though he like fouled you hard shit on defense because he didn't couldn't move his feet. He really was a finesse right. player on offense. Um, but they really pushed the ball. Like a team like the Knicks, um or the Pacers, who were playing like three bigs at all times in their front court, it's like you got the Davis brothers and, the, and Rick Smith. Who's your small forward? I guess Rick Smith because he had like the most finesse game, but you got Dale Davis and Antonio Davis who can't, who neither of who can shoot a fucking foul line jumper. So, right. I mean, like after the pitches, you had teams who literally were like, we ain't even trying to play basketball no more. Like, we just gonna beat you niggas up. And who, if you still stand at the end of the game, congratulations, we'll shake your hands. But the goal is to beat you up over these next 48 minutes and we'll probably win those games. So that's why they had to step in, honestly, because. You got the Knicks making the finals in 94, and I, I was never impressed with that Knicks team, bro. Like, Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, and Pat, you starting together? Like, ew, that's disgusting. <laughs>
1: hey, can we talk about how Charles Oakley was apparently the key to everybody's success? Apparently. And like, in that, like, like, <laughs> man <laughs> literally was the key to everybody's success. Like, everybody that spoke last night gave that man Charles Oakley some form of credit into how he was their best friend,
2: or they didn't want to lose, or whatever it was. Oh, like, Charles, Charles Oakley won one of the most respected players in the league. And that's like one of people's low-key things ever. Your
0: fo- I Bro, mean, yeah, folks love we, Oak because like, they scared of Oak. Not scared, but like, they, you don't have to fuck with yeah. Oak. Like, like, yeah, and star
2: players knew he had their back.
1: But I think one of the things that was just like, that I took away from last night that I think is just so funny. is So Oak, to an extent, well, we know, well, by, by we, I should say like people who maybe follow Oak, like are aware of what happened with him and Dolan, I believe it was last season or whatever. And it's crazy like how how revered he was in New York. But then to kind of watch it last night how he was revered with the, with the Bulls, kind of his short stint there, and how oh Mike Mike, L- Mike,
0: loved, Mike Oak. loved Oak Mike loved Oak yes Mike was pissed um, when they traded Oak like he was definitely not happy about that trade
1: furious <laughs> but I also think I, I love the fact like the other thing that I really loved and, and I know we were talking a little bit earlier is Rodman himself like mm-hmm. I mean, think that like people you know who maybe were casual fans um kind of like Rodman because he seemed eccentric with the hair and stuff like that. Uh, so I think that's kind of cool, but I think what I love most about Robin, like there was even a uh, there was a clip floating around on Twitter today that happens to be when they were going against um, they were going against the Lakers when Shaq at first got to LA and Robin gets into it. It's like a late game. He calls the timeout after he gets a loose ball and like somebody rips at the ball from him, so he kind of oh, he kind of reacts and Shaq comes in to like push him and they're about to start like jostling. And you see like Jordan and Pippen like tackle him or whatever. they like, hey bro, mm-hmm. no, we can't lose. that. And you talk, you in the the joke, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. That was kind of like, bro, they sent Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the greatest basketball player at the time on the planet. Like, like even if you know he's gonna be the greatest ever, but the greatest nigga at the time on the planet, averaging forty points a game, basically like two seasons ago, to go pick up this young man from Las Vegas, bro. First off, them niggas must not have known he was a gambling ass nigga.
0: Now, first go off, ahead. Mike volunteered to go. <laughs> let's 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 get that clear. <laughs>
1: Very true. Mike volunteered.
0: True. Mike was like, but, uh, sure, I'll go get him. Why not?
1: <laughs> but when, when you got the juice enough that not only they give you um, time off, you know what I mean, to uh, to go in the middle of the season, basically be on vacation, or, you know, just say hey, you got to let loose. But then the greatest player on the team, like, hey, bro. I mean, granted, part of it is game, because we know the joke. But, like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm going to go get this nigga, because I'm I'm, I'm low-key not trying to work that much harder.
0: No. Like, I mean, Wait, I feel like Mike. Dead? Mike understood it. Mike understood. I mean, I don't. I don't think I'll be that understanding. Uh, no. Mike. Mike Anfield. So one of the things I've been taking away from this, and I, I don't know if this will, um, this will come up more over the course of the documentary, or it might not, because Michael Jordan has creative control. Is my entire fear about it. I have not Bruh. seen I have not seen one bad Michael Jordan teammate clip yet. I've seen him be a jerk. I've seen him be like make a couple bad jokes. I haven't seen him be a bad teammate yet. I would have loved to play Michael Jordan. Honestly. I thought I thought he was funny. I think he's, I think he's hilarious. That that joke he made about Dennis last night was hilarious. Like I thought that was great. He's talking to Scottie Barrella. Like why why is Scott Barrella starring this fucking documentary, bro? He, him, Scott Barrell's his best friend. <laughs> so
1: Bro, I swear I was watching Scott bro because I, I actually used to like Scott Barrell when I was like, girl. like for some reason I just liked next because he could like shoot, he like played hard, like on yeah. that was a video game, he was there, like he was cool with me. Bro, as I was watching that, I low key was like, wow, Michael Jordan and Scott Burrell are like as much as it was, I was like, bro, they're friends in real life because he's cracking these jokes and Scott is like, no, bro, you have to chill because they know that you're like she knows that I'm huge. Be, I be saying, I'm right, like, cool. right. They, I'm like, bro, chill. You you can get away with murder because of who you are. My girl's not gonna let me out of the house again, bro. I didn't
0: even, I didn't even think about that part. <laughs> the, the part of it, he's like, bro, like you, said it on yourself, like chill out, <laughs> bro. Like <laughs> chill out.
1: he was trying to stop him and, and like with all costs, like please,
0: sir, please, <laughs> like, chill, ah, out. talking, chill bro. Out. But yeah, Scott Barrell yeah, we- has been a big winner of this entire doc, bro. Because I did not know Scott Barrell had that much clout with Michael Jordan, that much, mm-hmm. like. I guess I've always heard so much about Michael being just intolerant of people not as good as him that I just hear the name Scott Burrell, and I'm like, why would Michael Jordan ever just be intolerant of Scott Burrell? And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because <laughs> Scott Burrell... But I, I feel like Michael's personality was not dismissive of people not as good as him. It was dismissive of people who weren't even Who'd willing even to try. Hard. Right, who weren't even willing to try. No, I think yeah. he appreciated the fact that Scott Burrell wanted to play him in one-on-one, because, like... Okay, fuck it's
1: a funny it. Funny story. I I hear that?
0: You know, like why not? But um, I think yeah, I think the I point at which he was able to get into your head, he was head like, I have no use for you.
1: Um, yeah, but yeah, Jared yeah, I just, I just, Bush would look like a Judd Bushler, bro. Like if I had never seen him a day in my life, and that was my first time ever hearing or seeing Judd Bush, I'm like, you know what? That is exactly what I expected. You
0: y'all remember Jeb Bush, like, uh, Detroit Pistons, Judd Bushler? Y'all remember him from those days?
1: Dude, I, that's what I'm saying. If that was my first time I'd ever seeing him. I'd be like, that's exactly what I would expect you to look like. I remember.
0: Young Jud Bushler. Good old days. Um But yeah, Rodman. So again, another thing you i I I don't I fail to remember as a person who grew up post Rodman being on the Pistons, uh, is that he was a piston and he he, he wasn't really a weirdo on the pistons. Except for that, he definitely was. And the only reason that like we really didn't find out about it was that Chuck Daly was like his daddy. And the point at which Chuck Daly left the team is when he got really weird. So, um, yeah, I don't yeah.
1: know how much of the doc would have been around that time, but I really do wish that we that they could have interviewed Chuck a little bit more for his relationship with, with Dennis. Kyle would have loved that kind of insight, like before he, like, like cause Rami was in a decent amount of spotlight with the Pistons, don't get me wrong. Like you want to ship with him, that's when he got to start like, all this stuff. But I would love to hear like Chuck's take on him as well, especially just kind of knowing, like you said, like he, like Chuck loved him. It looked like Dennis loved him as well, loved Chuck as well. Um, and Chuck was his daddy, it seemed like bro like,
0: like pretty much um, yeah, I yeah yeah, I would love to know more about it I'm, I love the line that the coach gave about he was working with Dennis out of practice and Chuck called him over and said, don't put what do you say don't put a don't put a something on a stallion or don't, don't put a uh, don't put, put something on a mustang. On. Yeah yeah put on
1: it, so yeah, yeah don't put a
0: saddle on a, on a mustang. I was like, okay. Um, Dennis seemed to just work well Dennis is one of those those. Uh, if he worked a 9 to 5 You kind of just have to trust That he gets his projects done You can't really micromanage them Because the point at which You do that He ain't gonna get nothing done <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> It's one of I those agree. Where you just gotta kind of like oh. Trust he'll be ready For the presentation You know what I'm saying
2: He's one of ones You can get a harder job So the, hey brothers Had it done by this date And then come back And it's done by that
0: date Yep
2: yep but He's that guy
0: But but literally yeah. the, point, the point at which You ask him like How's the project going it's not going to go well. Oh,
2: well, <laughs> It, it <laughs> falls apart right there.
1: In,
0: in, right, right right there. <laughs>
1: Everyone ask him for updates. You, <laughs> you just want to show up on a day
0: and be like, I know you got my back. Right. That's it. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but no, so he gets to San Antonio. Apparently he was a fucking wreck down there. Um, I think about David Robinson being a, like a military man and not being able to do nothing with that nigga. And I, I don't, I guess like that's just me assuming all military men are like tough and vocal and able to whip niggas into shape. But David Robinson always just seemed like a very nice person who also just happened to be a fairly jack. So maybe that just wasn't his personality <laughs> to get to whip people into shape, you know?
2: No, that's
1: real. And I mean, you could also, like, uh, if you think about uh, Dennis Rodman, like, being there, I feel like, one, well, one member, he didn't want to get traded from the Pistons. So he when he came down, he probably was already like, man, I probably really don't want to be here. At the time, the Spurs, it wasn't like the Spurs had a, like, a career you know like a like a legacy or nothing to, uh, of anything kind of being a uh, right, right right you know like this, this, this uh this franchise that you see greatness out of i don't really know what year um david robinson was in so i don't i can't really speak to like how good or not great or whatever it was, he was. like. i don't think he ever came in being bad but like if you're not going to where you kind of an expansion you know a uh, almost new expansion team it's kind of
2: like well hey
1: the game well, I mean, is the game
0: so
2: I mean, they I mean, gave... had the they had, a, they had a, like a top pick in like ninety eight. So clearly they weren't good. So, uh,
0: but I, th- I think David Robinson broke his foot the the Duncan draft, and so they kind of tanked that year because they were just like Fuck it We'll get Duncan. Um, yeah. But I mean, they gave they right, gave cause go, go ahead. Carl. Those
2: uh, Dennis had, those are the doc they had for Dennis Robinson what two years ago or last year I believe I forgot. So they he kind of they went over like his whole his whole person anyway. I just, mm-hmm. just wasn't a flexible, or, a flexible enough organization to deal with the person that he was. Like, no. while, like, the Pistons you had, we had, um, you had the coach that was able to work with him. Then you had literally the Bulls, like, Jordan and all of them were flexible enough that they could kind of, like, deal with him and all the crazy that came along with him. The Spurs just weren't that organization that were flexible enough to deal with all that, he, all that came with him outside of his playing.
0: Oh, no, not 95 Pop? Not fucking with that nigga. mm at, at all. <laughs> Mm-mm. I can imagine. I can imagine Pop going home every night drinking a glass of wine. Like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> what <laughs> is wrong with him? And
1: they said, say this is not what I signed up right, for. Right. Like this
0: all. is not. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, why did y'all bring him here? That would have been that would
1: have damn near been uh cl- yeah, as a matter of fact, Pop got to there, like as soon as Pop got there, they basically was like, all right, bro, well, Pop was assistant coach for a minute. Then as soon as Pop came back from being with to State is when uh Dennis Rodman left. Mm-hmm. And he Pop was like, no, nah, I'm straight, dog. We <laughs> don't
0: really need this shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, bro. So but uh I mean, even the Bull stories are incredible to me. Like he still averaged, let me pull up his stats real quick. Cause he averaged an incredible amount of rebounds his first year with them. Um But then like I was I was also intrigued by the fact that they made the point of whatever Scotty wasn't around, he seemed to relish being Michael's kick, like sidekick. But then when, when Scotty came back, he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go We're bullshit broke. now. <laughs> like, like, we need you to Everybody be our third option. Like, come on.
1: I get it. Somebody else can take the load off. Um, because I did like how uh the year that Scotty was out until like mid, mid of the year. Uh the main thing that they talk about, is, like, yo. Scotty was, not Scotty's skin, but Dennis was even, like, more focused, and it's, like, like, it, it almost seemed in a way as if, like, well, outside of, of course, Jordan being the best player in the world, but it's almost like he treated Jordan like a bigger brother. He's like, man, I don't want to disappoint you in a way. Like, of course, I'm not saying that that's an impersonation boy, but that's what it kind of give me, like, reminders of, like, man, and then when Scotty came and took some of that time away, it's like, man, I'm about to act out and see if I can get back on the career. You know, I
0: thought it was hilarious when, um, so they tell the story about when Mike says, Dennis got, got tossed from a game or something and he was, Mike was pissed. And Dennis came to his room after the game to ask for a cigar and that was his way of apologizing. <laughs> so, first off, so, oh so, first, I'm thinking that's an odd way to apologize, whatever. Like you asking somebody else for something. That's not how you apologize. And then, <laughs> and then when they go to Dennis for his take on it, he turned into mush mouth from Fat Albert for 30 seconds. I was like, bro, what did you just say? He was like, yeah, I went to Michael's room, but uh, I think that was his way. I was like, his way of what, nigga? You went to his room? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. Uh-huh. Like, he, he didn't do nothing here. Like, you the one who messed up. You talking about his way of doing what? I was so, I was crying. Like, "All right, already did no, And the fact that Jordan's willing
2: willy, is like, yeah, like, so he came in my room. So I figured he came, this is his way of saying it sorry. I'm like, my gosh, so you don't need him to actually say it, though? Like, I'm sorry. I, like... You fuck up. I need you next. Time. You gotta say that
0: shit, bro. <laughs> like, you're like you right. You don't come to my room and ask me for something, and then walk away, and then I go, I go laid back down, and I'm like, whoop, I guess he's sorry. Like, that's not, that would not be my takeaway from that interaction, bro. Like, but I don't. I, like, I, I guess dude, it's how Mike and Dennis interacted. That might be how they talk to each other. I don't know. I Might have been more mad after, like,
2: bro, you came came to my room, asked for shit, then dipped out. Like, that's that's it?
0: that's it. That's it. That's nothing else. We gotta have a talk. Like, and, yo, I mean, is... We gotta have a talk and shoot around the next day, like, bro. So that was all you wanted last night. You didn't want nothing else.
2: Nothing. Oh, I'm definitely asking more questions. But I mean, like you said, that that was definitely like their dynamic. It's it seemed like he did have like that, uh, like that little brother, like the little brother thing. Because he, according to Mike, he turned it around right then and there. Like the mm-hmm. next game, like that, he was on that shit. So it's like he's yeah. like, all right, look, all right, all right, big bro, I got you. I'm gonna, come, I'm gonna come
0: through. Yeah, they just need somebody to hold him accountable. That's why I wonder if if no. David Robinson had just been. Like, 5% more forceful if, like, Dennis would have chilled the fuck out in San Antonio. But, I don't
2: think you know. he would have more forceful. I think...
0: <laughs> Go
1: ahead, Cardinal. Like, if David Robinson had been a few years older. You said David Robinson had been a few years older? Yeah, I think that could have helped, too. Because you got to figure David Robinson would have been...
2: Like, that That would have been his fourth year in the league. I think he would have been younger I, than
0: Dennis. Oh, mean. he was younger than Dennis. You're right. That, Dennis. Yeah, that is oh. a correct point. That is a correct point. Yep. Yeah, like...
1: Like that was only his fourth year in the league or something like that. And I think Dennis, by that point, you know, was a was a champion. I mean, you know, well, well he was a, a two time champion at that point in time, and he had been in the league almost like ten years. I think he'd been in the league like nine years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like, you got two, you got that. You don't have pop. Like, I mean, you don't have today's. Pop. Like, I'm not even gonna just say pop. But you don't have today's pop or anything like that, or even probably two thousand pop. You know what I mean? Um, and you had a guy that had been successful. Um, but one, one thing that I did find funny, and like, I kind of like quickly look at the stats is. This nigga had only averaged double, like officially averaged double. Like he had a couple times he was like at 9.8, one time at like 8.8 and stuff like that. He only once. officially averaged double points once. <laughs> nigga, how do you average 19 rebounds? He he has two seasons, three seasons. He has three seasons where he is like over four seasons over. And how do you not average? Like you, you get like seven offensive rebounds. Like it's, bro.
2: You trying to tell me none of those got put back in the basket? Like you was always passing out. Yeah, like I mean, how do you not well no. What if you watch like the video, like old video of Robin? A lot of his offensive rebounds was like him tipping it. Like he would tip it back. Like so far out, there was no way he put that shot back up.
0: And I mean, sure he
2: He wasn't. He he was an athlete, but he wasn't like a freak athlete. So he wasn't coming up again like tip slams and stuff. Like he was like, all right, I'm getting, I'm jumping over you to tip it away. Right, right, right. Well, I'm not jumping high enough over you to like snatch it from you. So I got to tip it to you So th- you too tired to go grab it.
0: <laughs> like I'm gonna it-
2: keep tipping it so you don't want to grab it no more. Then I'm gonna go ahead and get this ball.
0: He had all the energy in the world, bro. I I was crying laughing earlier watching one of the games where I really think he really enjoyed diving head first into the stands and shit. I think he, like, enjoyed inflicting, like, that level of pain on... It, he had a line at the beginning of episode three where he was like, he liked to feel the pain and shit like that. And I really think he enjoyed, I'm like, diving a into a people. A He's a, a masochist. masochist, for real. I don't care what nobody says. For real, man. He really seemed to, like, love, like, getting up from, like, diving into people and, like, pumping his fists and shit. I swear, I will, watch... will watch, yeah, no. I will watch Bulls games, and, I mean, this is just because I... I never knew whether or not Dennis Rodman was, like, actually trying. I mean, obviously he was trying, but there would be moments where like, like you said, the thing about how you're not scoring. He would get offensive rebounds and kick that bitch out. Like, oh, you had a layup. Or like, he would like be pushing the break and I'm like, Dennis Robinson should be pushing the break right now. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Or like, Scotty would pass me the ball and he would like throw a no look to Mike and I'm like, I don't know. Like, obviously he was a good basketball player with a high IQ. At the same time, like, he would do some shit sometimes in the court where I'd be like, is he throwing the game right now? I can't trust in it's Robin. <laughs> like, <laughs> but see, really it's funny
2: because Jordan even said like he's one of the smartest people you've ever played with. Yeah. I'm like, he's clearly a very smart player. He was one of those. He was one of those people that, you know, like yo, like that, like the like one of people you hooked in high school that has never looked for their shot. Like they, they played that one particular role. They did nothing else but that one little job. Like he was that nigga mm-hmm. in the NBA. Like he literally was in the league doing exactly what that random dude in high school that you had on the team That's Like all right, bro, your job is just this, and that's all you doing.
0: Nah, pretty much. And I mean, he did it well. He's—I—I I think he's the greatest rebounder of all time. Especially, I really all,
2: don't think that's debatable.
0: Especially, especially pound for pound, like they got him listed at six seven, which means he's six five and a half. Um, Bro, yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I did
1: see a thing come out earlier of like random people. I think that are probably in the same height range. I think that's why they made it. That uh, Bleach Report did for the best rebounders It's like him, you know, Big Ben Wallace, Shout out ben. Green somehow got on there. Draymond. Um, yeah, I said the same thing, bro. Don't don't even worry about it. Uh, I want to say they mentioned KD too, and I was like, well, this list is just made up at this point. And I think I want to say it was four people, maybe it was five. I did say that it has to be between him and Ben Wallace. I think I, I did ultimately say it's him because I think one, he was a little bit more athletic and quicker. Um, I think Ben kind of did muscle people around a little bit. Uh, again, and, I, and also it's probably because I saw Ben a lot more, and that's probably why. Right, I right. Him. I think he was a great rebound, but I can kind of speak more so about and I saw live and not just, like highlights. Um but that was pretty cool.
2: Um, I was saying, I, I would've get I would give it to Dennis anyway, just because the strip Dennis was playing during the big man era and was still out here out rebounding yeah. when there was more big men around. Like Bitwild played with a lot of big men, but like there was like the league was 90% big men back in the time when there was Dennis doing it. Uh-huh.
1: No, that makes sense. I um I do have a question though, and this could be from this episode or whatever but what's kind of been y'all like favorite part or most interesting part to you that you've kind of like seen so far learned so far from this like or, or what's been something that's made you happy just about like what they're doing with the documentary even if it's not a specific scene or something like what's been something that just like has been really intriguing to y'all about the documentary itself that you like that they did and maybe didn't expect or
2: something the details about scotty like his last year like, oh, yeah. so I wasn't super familiar with those details. Like, I knew, like, there was some beef there, but I don't realize to what extent that beef was. So, like, mm-hmm. seeing, like, how, like, detailed they've been about the beef of it, and then even, like, him talking about why he came back, he's like, yes, they might start finding me, so I'm going to go ahead and bring my ass back to work. I'm not going to give y'all satisfaction in and take my money. Yeah. Like, the little bit of money y'all arguing, I'm not going to let y'all take it, so I'm going to come back. But just know, like, this is it.
0: I mean, so, I've, I again, going back to the stuff that you hear about but don't really, didn't live through, I kind of grew up hating Scotty because my dad talked about the migraine game in 90 and how, like, it kind of just defined that he was a fucking choker. Um, But hearing him detail it and learning that his dad had passed a few days before, I could understand how all that stuff would come into effect. But Scotty didn't have many good, like, elimination games. My perspective, I I came away from, from, and this is a very hot take because all champions are front runners, so I shouldn't just put it on the bulls. But... Like again, like I really took offense when like, like posthumously, I took offense when the Bulls started got they got real mouthy after beating us. And I was like, Dog, y'all lost three straight years to us. Got you y'all ass whooped. Rup. Like what do y'all do? Like, I understand and like y'all y'all are rushing the fact that like y'all think y'all got one up on oh, us because we walked off the court and then congratulate y'all, whatever. By Zay But Y'all still look tacky as fuck being like, oh, we got the niggas out of here, blah, blah, blah. Like, we got y'all the fuck out of here the three years prior? Like, where is (laughs) self-awareness? Like, I just wanted a little bit of self-awareness. Like, y'all got over the hill. Finally, congratulations. Y'all want a cookie? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And And I I also also do that though, like...
2: When the like like they were still relatively in their younger years when they were getting beat up. So I'm like, so like when you beat up on a younger team when they finally like come into their own, they beat you, you're gonna talk a little bit more shit off the street. Like it's like the first time you beat your pops when you are hooping. Like you gonna talk mad cat like he might have beat you like the last ten times, but like, oh right, i beat you now, bro. you're not beating me again. That's kinda like the mindset behind it.
0: I mean, you can talk it, but just knows you don't have a moral high ground. That's all I'm saying is that like I mean, yeah. if,
2: if you if you never make it back to see me again, my point my point was valid.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I think fair that- enough.
2: They, so I'm like, if like, like, like you, you beat me though years prior, cool. Like you're right, but if I get, if I beat you now, you never make it back to see me again in the situation. What I did, what I've done going like from that moment going forward, I wasn't wrong. Like now, history will tell that story. You you can't know that in the moment, but like you yeah, know, Once I beat you, did you never come back and see me again in the situation? I keep rounding off wins, bro. What I, was, was was I wrong? No, nah, you're right. Was
0: that's I, why, that's was, why, was why was I said I can't. I can't call them front runners because once they got to the front, they stayed at the front. So I can't be like, oh, no, be I, I, they only talking shit. What they doing?
2: If they would have like won, then like didn't ever did shit else again after the fact, then they would have looked real stupid. But the fact right. that they kept winning after the fact, I find like, I feel like the, the, what they said like it stood. Well,
0: what, what I would love to know. I'm inside twenty twenty right now though. Yeah, but no, what I would love to know, and we'll never, we'll never know. I mean, whatever the game is the game. Um If Isaiah and them shake their hands after that game, does he make the dream team? Probably. I think, that's the I, one said, thing. I think that's the one thing that cut him off the team. I tweeted that earlier. I think that's the one thing that cut him off the team. I feel like the point at which yeah. Mike was able to be like, I don't want to play with that nigga, he did it, and it worked. <laughs> like, that's all he needed. He was like, I'm Michael fucking Jordan. I don't want to play with Isaiah Thomas. And they was like, are we going to pick the greatest player of all time or, like, the 20th greatest player of all time? And they was like, eh, we got to pick Mike. <laughs> like, we I'm like, choice. it's kind of easy. Right. So, I don't know. But I, I think it's all it took. I think if Isaiah shakes their hands after that game, he makes the Dream Team. I think that's all it took.
1: Hey, I think what's so funny about that, as I just think about that, I understand that, like, Larry Legend is for sure like Larry Legend. But, bro, they really had Larry Legend on broke, that Dream yeah, Team. Yeah, broke back Larry Legend, Three, seven, bro. bro. That nigga right. was like six or something like that when that Dream Team came out. Like, he he had played his last game in the Boston Celtics uniform at that point in time. And they lit that nigga on the Dream Team over Isaiah for the simple fact that Matt that... Jordan doesn't like. I think Magic was the same age, too. And again, not saying that these guys were, like, scrubs, but dog.
0: I mean, they, 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 they were supposed first. to have been, like, the ambassadors, you know what I'm saying? Like, they wasn't there to actually lead the team. They was just Bro, there for John Stockton was on that team. Bro, when I, 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 no, that's the thing. I thought about that this morning, because I was like, I literally almost put John Stockton on my top 25 list because of the Dream Team. And I was like, that's shitty, because Zeke didn't make the team. <laughs> I literally had to, like, like do the mental do the, do the math, like I said last week, and be like, damn, does, all, does any of this shit matter? And John Stockton literally almost ranked higher. I'm sure there are people who rank John Stockton higher than Zeke because they don't remember that <laughs> Zeke was that cold. And it's like,
2: well, no.
0: He,
2: John Stockton gets raised so high because of some of his, like, his all-time numbers. Like He's like the league leader in like, a steals and assists of, like, of all time. He's not better than Isaiah, though. I agree with you. I have had a debate with one of my homies like last week. He was like a top five point guard. And John Stockton was on everybody. I was like, bro, what are y'all doing? Like, so y'all just not going. Like Isaiah Thomas don't make nobody list, but I, but John Stockton does because I'm like, I, I get like we were too young. A lot of us were too young to fully see Isaiah in his prime, but but y'all can't. We can't deny what that man was able to do as a – Like in, in for skill alone, right? Like John John Stockton benefit from having the second greatest score of all time on his team, which is why his sit numbers are so high. I
0: mean, that, no, that, that, I, can't, wow. I don't.
2: Say, I don't take. I don't take that for your – I don't take that for steals. Like steals is steals, you get those however you get them. But like, right. y'all the high
0: because of who you had with you. Oh yeah, and I mean, there there are people that made the point too that like Isaiah sacrificed at least points per game for rings. He understood that like I gotta get Joe involved, I gotta get Bill the ball, I gotta like Vinny oh, coming off the bench, to get coin him more. the ball. Yeah, there 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 are plenty of people who think he could have averaged twenty five a night, twenty six a night, but he wanted to get the assists. So that counts for something. he was the best traditional point guard of all time, bro. Point blank, period. Don't care. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy that. I think one of the things that uh, I think Bill
1: and actually was on the jump this morning talking about this that I kind of did uh notice. He said that they were old by day, he says the Pistons were old when the Bulls beat them. And when I just kind of like looked at it, I think outside of like Isaiah and Joe were, I think Joe was in year five at the time, Isaiah was in year nine, and I think he had just turned 30 um at the time. But like Bill, I think it was Bill, Aguirre, Edwards. And at least one of the person, were all thirty four older, and you're like twelve or something. Shit, Dennis. Dennis was, 30, that- Dennis
0: was thirty. Dennis was thirty two. Dennis was an old rookie.
1: Yeah, and like not to say that as if it's like a, a you know as if that just means that you are automatically like you know age matters per se. But like when you think about it kind of being that old during those times, you had just been like how we talk about LeBron at least a little bit. If mm-hmm. you had just been three straight, basically three straight East Conference finals, really two straight, this is gonna be your second straight finals. you have been like the Eastern Conference semi, I think in game five or whatever, like the year, like the year before you started all these streams of runs. And then when you lost in the finals like a year against Magic and them. So it's like you were playing late into the year, some 33, some 33 34 year olds, like for four or five years straight. I get it. You are kind of also just like as long as skill is, is losing off, but you also kind of like, bro, this is tiring. Like, right. no, yeah. Like, and being go to those last three years, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm all tired out. And we didn't play these dude, these dudes six times already before the playoffs. Nigga, I, I can't fight no more. What do you mean? I literally don't have in me no more to fight. Right, right. So I, I kind of get that sense of it too uh, with the Pistons. Um, I mean, I, I think my favorite. Okay. Wait, go,
0: no, go, no. I'm, I was gonna say was that like. I mean, somebody made the point, too, and I still think this happens occasionally, not as much as it used to, but once upon a time, it was just kind of, there was a team you had to climb, there was a team you had to get past, um, mm-hmm. and I think that was also, of it was a motivating factor, too, for those teams, so, the Bulls got their asses beat 90, and then they spent all summer 90 brewing over getting their asses beat, and they showed up in 91, and they beat us. That's how it works, <laughs> like.
1: And, and that's literally how it's been forever in the NBA, you yeah. know what I mean, like. Niggas retool. When you think about it now, with everybody retooling, try to beat the Warriors before they were doing it to beat to beat the Heat. Like before that, it was the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So like, like people do it all the time. Like you, you that's the point of the game. Like if you're not gonna retool, then niggas will all stay on the same team, and it would never matter. You know what I
0: right. mean? Right. <laughs> hey, you there? Lead creative Larry Sanders here, actively soliciting sponsorships and other advertisements for what suits him and what suits him.com Our Press and Media Kit is available for your convenience and for your perusal, either via our social media at WhatSuitsHim or on the e-magazine, again, at Um, If you're looking forward to working with a brand who does work in professional development, photography, uh, sports and entertainment, um, music, just broadly defined as aesthetic, we would love, love, love to hear from you. We think we have a lot to offer, and we're sure that you have a lot to offer us. So, um, yes, actively soliciting sponsorships, other advertisements, guests on the podcast network, if you would like to, um, not only give us an advertisement but uh, promote your brand on what suits him radio on the what suits him podcast network please 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 shoot us a line and we can definitely try to arrange that as soon as possible so again shoot us a line dm us directly at what suits him or shoot us an email info at what there's also if you just want to email us directly from the uh the e-magazine there's an email tab and there's also a contact tab so Plenty of ways, plenty of ways, plenty of ways for you to get in contact with us and we are looking forward to hearing from you in the near future. So again, Lee Creative Larry Sanders, hoping to hear from you soon. Again, at us at dot com, at us at Watsusim or email us at info at what dot com. Um looking forward to hearing from you. Well you, you said your favorite part about the doc. Oh
1: so so my favorite part of just the, the documentary as a as a series whole is I like the way that they're allowing and I know Mike has a creative control, but I like the way that they're allowing uh everybody to an extent to speak about each event or each person or each like thing that's going on so like as much as i know it's a jordan documentary so this might not be the best example i'm about to give but i enjoyed that they let jordan talk about the scotty money issue i enjoyed oh, yeah. that they let um uh you know, they even let some of the other players, the coach, like I say they even had Steve Curry, and I know Steve Curry's a big time coach, kinda of not so reason, but a lot of these guys are able to speak on different things. I mean, should they they sure. got
0: like, Bill Winnington, they got John Paxson? Like, yeah,
1: I mean Paxson's is important, cross. but Yeah, like Krause is on there, like like there's actually parts where it feels like just just because you mentioned his name, that it almost feels like Paxson is narrating parts of this thing yeah. sometimes. Like, keep coming back to so I enjoy that because yes, even though we understand it's about Jordan, he had all the uh, control over it. Just being able to hear multiple people comment on something, like, even when he talk about Jerry Krause, like there are some people that are even like, like one take will be a hey, bro, he was, you know, he was a guy that just really wanted all the credit, but then the very next take would be like, hey man, he was low key the best for genius. Like we can, we can call him all these names. Like yeah, he wasn't the best people person, but he knew how to put the pieces in. I just like that you're, they're able to give you so many different perspectives because if we're talking about, especially since they showed us that they're going to keep going back and forth in time, mm-hmm. if you're going to talk about the nine-day season but go back as far as 15 years to his rookie year and then upwards, then yes, I do want to speak to everybody in between, you know?
0: I mean, what I thought was interesting, too, to the Krause point, um, when they were heading back to Chicago after sweeping the Pistons in 91. Um, mm mm-hmm. He was getting along with everybody. I mean, they they were still, like, making fun fun of him or getting jokes off on him uh, at his expense, but he was dancing along with the team, and, like, he seemed to be one of the guys. So I just wonder what happened over the years. I guess maybe just working relationships. You can't work with the same people five straight years and you get tired of them, but he seemed to get along with everybody enough in 91, you know what I'm saying? I think that's a good example,
1: and I think the point that they say that he he wanted some credit. I think when you just finally beat the Pistons, there's mm-hmm. nothing to get credit for yet. But mm-hmm. I think when you get championship number two, like I'm not even gonna say that first. Like the first three people probably, of course, when you really think about it. But when you get championship number two and you've acquired, uh, you know, all these people, and then I think on the verge of. Um, you've yeah, acquired all these people you've mixed and matched, you've made some trades you've drafted pretty well in these few years you've got the Zen Master coach that you want, I like, he, he did, you want he's done
0: car- everything right for the most part, like, he got yeah. Phil he got see, he got Scotty. he got Horace he traded for Cartwright, even though it wasn't popular and it worked, you know what I'm saying, like, everything yep. he did pretty much worked, <laughs> like, let's not give J.A. Yeah. Krause, um, let's give him his due, because he did do everything right for Why the most not? part
2: Jay Krause comes off as that boss who don't know how to talk to people. And that seems like why people had so much beef with him. Because seems like he said stuff at the time. And people like, bro, you're not supposed to just say this the way you say it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like it's not that you batted with your job. And you don't know how to talk to people. Like, yeah. you could be great at your job. You don't know how to talk to me. Fuck you.
0: No, straight and
2: up. What it, what, no, which essentially would have felt like the team did. Like, the team felt about Like, that's how, like, uh, Scotty and Michael felt. Like, so you just, gonna, like, you just gonna go against anything that we all, any of our opinions, like, yeah, no, 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 you don't care about our opinion, but we're the ones doing it, you're just right, and we don't have a say in none of the matter. You're not, now you talk to like I'm a child, like,
0: bro, I don't like you.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what that fella that turned into.
0: But, I'm, I mean, to Keenan's point, how many GMs in history have ever three-peated? Twice. No, not, like, you know, like I, I get where Jerry's ego right came from. I can't
2: even be mad at it. He definitely made the right decisions. Like clearly, like you guys are winning, so he's not making wrong decisions.
0: Yeah, I get I get the ego, but at the same time, it's like a that's I mean, my biggest takeaway, not my biggest, but probably like my third biggest takeaway from this documentary, mm-hmm. is that I can't imagine Michael Jordan doing anything else but being a basketball player. Like I just see him in a in a jersey and I'm like you are the coolest person I've ever seen wear a basketball jersey in my life. Imagine, imagine going to FedEx to get, like, some shit notarized, and Michael Jordan is there doing fucking notaries. Bro, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like, who are you? Like, dog, like, what are you doing? in Motherfucking UPS, bro. So, I don't know, man. Hey, to, 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 be, to, be, to be that short and that fat, no shade to, like, I'm not trying to height or weight shame people, but just look at a chiseled guy like that who gets any bucket he wants and be like, I am as equally as responsible for all of our success as you. Like I, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine it. But
1: yeah, I, people imagine the uh, the space jam with him being a uh, with Harry Cross being uh, the Monsters boss guy. I did like oh, that. Look, hilarious. hilarious.
0: I just some- caught that. So much sense, bro. I- <laughs> that
1: very hard.
0: Um, oh, I said, you know God. what, guys?
1: Thanks. For- I really want them. I really want him to say in one of these episodes for him to like tweet out like, yes. That's exactly what oh, I meant. Oh, if
0: they bring that shit up during the Space Jam episode, please, 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 please. do please. it. Oh, bro, my that, God. That I need him Jake. to say that. I need All him right. to come from his mouth. I need it. Bro,
1: I swear that'd be the greatest night on Twitter in a long time, bro. I oh,
0: Twitter gonna
1: go crazy. It.
0: That is Jerry Krause. Oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> it, bro, to a T, even with the suit being high up on, like, the way it's to a T, bro.
2: But i was like, so ima- imagine, imagine being like Derrick yeah, of like every decision you made is correct, but like you're the one who fires Phil Jackson. He goes on get another three feet. Like you literally choose to not bring that man back for him to go get another one. Man, you se- you
0: send him to Shaq and Kobe, bro. You basically like hand delivered him to Shaq and Kobe. Like,
2: come bro, on, bro, I'm like, I'm like, so like. You made all these right decisions, but your ego really did kind of hurt you at the end of all of this because you definitely made the wrong about by letting that man go because he went and did it again somewhere else.
0: But well, like, yeah. granted,
2: he went to a great situation, but he went and did it again somewhere else.
0: But Phil was never not going to a great situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, yes, I, imagine I, I can't even imagine Phil coaching nobody else but Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> you know,
1: you know it what makes, I mean? No, that's definitely what we're supposed to do man. trying to hire that man on a, like, talking about some, hey, we're, uh, we're a middle-of-the-pack team right now. Like, we're, like, a fifth seed and on our side and a bit like, like no, like if you're not already a top 17 in the league, like not not, not top 10 in the league, top 17 in the league, that man is not even looking your way, bro. And like, even with top seven in the league, that, that man is still like, like hey, he's not bro. going nowhere
2: else. Like, like time, I, I'm, this, I'm leaving. Six I love championships. Pitt. Y'all better send me. I gotta go somewhere else. Y'all better have somebody else. Six fight championships.
1: Top, <laughs> six of them things, bro. Six and and let bro. I won six in less than 10 years. You know what I'm I saying? I really won
2: six in eight. I won six and eight years. And honestly, if it wasn't for this ball, nigga wanting to have a midlife crisis or a quarter-life crisis, I, might have, took over, to... I, said, I might have took over the whole 90s. Y'all just don't know how I would have ran the whole 90s. It's wild, it's wild to think of that
1: in that regard, but I think I also think about it, like I know we just kind of thought about hindsight when like going to L.A. Do you know how crazy it is to just imagine that you come off, like, and we can think about this even in everyday jobs or whatever, like, could you imagine if you came off being the very best, like winning the top prestigious award or being the very best in your particular field, in your company, the previous year? Like we can even talk about the, the whole the January to December year, the very next year, your boss says, hey, bro, I don't care what you do again this year. You can, you can stock fastest, sell the most, whatever it is that you win, that you can be the best in your field. But we're not bringing you back just simply because I don't want you to be here anymore. That's incredible to me. Oh, that's. And then, man. The person who is the. And imagine if you're the boss that does it. Like, imagine you're the boss that does it. Like, your team does it. And then they tell the best person, whoever makes the most stamps at the postal office or whatever the case is, that, hey, we're not bringing him. We're not going to bring your guy back. He tells them, hey, bro, I'm not going to be. I ain't going to be doing no more stamps for y'all then. (laughs) And they're like, okay, we don't care. Like, could you imagine, like, the audacity? That's the only thing you have.
0: No, but then.
1: I didn't know best people that you're not bringing it back. I didn't know cross.
0: I didn't know cross tried to pull Mike Carr, where he basically was like, "Just because we don't want Phil back, don't mean we don't want Mike back." And I was like, "Bitch, why don't you want to say it's a deal? Like, why don't you say it's a package? Like, come on, Brad, it's not that hard. Why why don't you (laughs) want Phil Jackson? You you went out your way. I'm just not thinking about this. You went out your way to recruit Phil. You know what I mean? But you sabotage
1: your way. team to have Phil as your coach. Like you literally sabotage your team. Like your best
0: player loved Doug Mike. Collins. Mike loved Doug. Uh, loved, adored, adored. They just came off their
1: best season in that two or three year span that they had. Like he had made the playoffs. He had won a series. Like you come off the best success that you've had in your time there, and you shaking shit up, and then you shake it up. Takes time for something to work. Not a bad thing necessarily, but the fact that you out here just like. I, I just don't know, bro. Like, I just don't know how you explain that. And I think that they made a good point. Um, uh, well, some, somebody made a good point. I can't remember if this is on the documentary, but I'm kind of mixing some people mm-hmm. I'm talking to. I made a good point. Like, there's no way, even even 30 years ago now that, or 20 years ago now, that the GM, or not the GM, the uh, the owner of the brass didn't have some type of say in not wanting Phil Jackson. Because what I can't imagine that niggas had that much faith in Jerry Cross they was like, hey, bro, you trying to break up this band after six after five rings because we ain't got six yet. You are trying to break the band after five rings, and your only reason for wanting to do so is one because maybe you're tired of Phil Jackson, and two because you're not sure if Michael's gonna come back. When nigga, we are basically over the checkbook at this point because the last two years we've given him thirty-five million a year, or thirty-four yeah. million a year.
0: When when the nigga, cap was nah, only I'm like twenty-five, he was more than the cap. Right. <laughs> here's the crazy
1: part. They had already kind of in their mind decided that they were not going to pay either Pippen or Rodman. Like, it had already been discussed. Like, they've even mentioned in the thing already. Like, they were only going to pay two. And at the time, you would have just found... You just had to find a way.
0: But, I mean, so Simmons and Russillo made the point about how loyal was Mike to Scotty? really. I don't know the answer to that question. I think Mike liked Scotty a lot. I think if Reisdorf, Kraus... And Phil and Mike all sat in the room and were like, we can flip Scotty for some actual pieces. I think Mike would have done it. I just feel like Mike didn't feel included in any of it. And so that's what pissed him off was that at the end of the day, he felt like him. And Scott- if, 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 Ron- I mean, to your point about Reinsdorf, um, they also made the point too that Reinsdorf was just kind of a, an old school owner who deferred to his GM. Like once upon a time owners really didn't get involved. Mark Cuban was the first like yeah. NBA owner to actually get involved with basketball ops. Before him, they kind of just hired a GM and told him to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do and just make some money. Right. Um so that's that's they kind of my rhyme super Basketball
2: knowledgeable at the back in the day. You like, know what? basketball like like they weren't like super like basketball knowledgeable back. They just knew how to run the business side of Like in terms of like the actual like the players themselves, and like, they probably wasn't paying too much because, like, they probably was like, "Yeah, these are like peasants." No, right. like people that own team they're like, "Yo, we just have money. Like, I, I own y'all. Like, I don't need to worry about who y'all are individually."
0: Yeah, I mean, back then, like, they, they weren't making that much money. The cap was if the cap is twenty five million, that means your best player is making like eight, and then everybody else is making like one. So it's like right. them niggas ain't having enough. And even your star player to make enough money to really get like a concert with the owner for real. Nowadays, a nigga like KD is. Probably best friends with somebody like Joe Cy, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like, if, if, if Michael Jordan wasn't the best player on the Bulls, shit, even if Scotty, if, if Scotty, I'm trying to figure out what Scotty's relationship was with everybody during that world where Mike wasn't around. Cause I'm sure, like, he wasn't Mike. So I'm sure he was looking around, like, why are you not treating me like Mike? I'm the new, I'm the new best player. And everybody's like, but you're not Michael Jordan. <laughs> no. I'm sure they had to the fuck with True. his ego a little bit too. And I think
1: for a lot of people, like, what you've been seeing a like lot we of people talk about is, Jordan really stayed away from it, or, or Jordan didn't really support, for lack of a better term, Scotty getting paid right then or the way he's was going about it because Jordan was also in, like, a terrible contract or, like, underpaid. I won't even necessarily say a terrible contract, but underpaid because I think me and you just maybe, like, months ago talked about it just, like, off air, like, how contracts really used to be. Like, you used to get them next. It was seven years. Like, I remember the first $100 million contract with Jason Kidd getting the seven-year $100 million boy with the Nets, net. and I just remember, like, how – him and him him and, then him and King and Martin ended up getting them like hundred million dollar contracts like I back I'm like, huh? But that's back like like you had those long long contracts, excuse me.
0: Um well, Mike was and- chronically underpaid though, I feel like, like I mean pe- people make the point about Michael Jordan should have made like 50 million dollars a year even back when so he made 30 million in 96, 97, 33 in 97, 98. In ninety five, ninety six, Michael Jordan made three point eight five million dollars. Correct. Yeah. How yeah, is that, that he's
1: even possible back in the day? He's not even money seven year. From Gatorade and Nike, though. Know, so the things that he could afford like, like Scotty wasn't getting the same kind of endorsements, but is why I know why Scotty was more upset. Also, not that this is anybody's fault, but Scotty's per se for this next thing. Well, not even Scotty's fault. Let me not say it that way. But Scotty was, I'm, I'm sure, even and it was kind of alluded to in the doc, was also taking care of more people. Like I know that he was sending money home specifically for like his mom and dad, they said a few times. But since we just kind of we both know that Scotty has thirteen of them things, the siblings, whatever money he kind of sending back, the parents probably chilling out. Even if he don't have the best, even if Scotty have a best relationship with his siblings, they probably shelling out. For not I mean he got to send a little Man, bit more. Let,
0: let, let's just do the math, bro. If he was making, if he made eighteen million dollars over the course of that career after taxes, that's eleven, twelve, ten, closer to ten. Yeah. So it's like uh-huh. he made ten million dollars for seven Over. years and probably sent half of that home. So he was living off five million. I'm not saying that like, you can't live off five million dollars, a lot of fucking money. But like- but, Especially in the 90s. Yeah, but for, the 90s, but, but, but for one of the 10 best players in the league, eight best players in the league, easy. you be making that much money? Easy. Come, on, bro. Come no.
2: on, man. He wasn't like, even like top 20 in terms of contracts, So it was like, you was definitely being chronically underpaid. Top 20, or, top 50. He, he <laughs> on, I can't remember he, what number, was. top 50, okay. He bro, he was six on team. Team, no, bro. he was number like, six on the team. He was number six on the team. That shit is ridiculous. On his like, team, Bill was making more than him.
0: Luke Longley was making more money than Scotty P. Like, come on, <laughs> bro.
2: <laughs> like niggas that was coming in and out of there was making more money, bro. It was. It, Why not? It was... So that's the thing, though. People forgot. Like, even though with Jordan with the uh, endorsements. Jordan was under the same. Uh, that's like Jordan was day. That three million. Jordan had signed a seven-year deal, like the uh, like just like four like three years before Scotty did. Which so like which why he probably didn't care as much about what Scotty complained about. It's like yeah, no, nah, I had the same contract, so I'm not really hearing what you got to say. He yeah. just happened to have the endorsement to kind of offset that as time went on. She,
0: kinda. But, that's the thing is there's a the difference between. I'm I'm to your point. Uh, they were making Scotty was making around the same amount, but let me not speculate. I don't know how much Mike made off Nike. I just know that. He probably never touched his Bulls paychecks. If if I had to guess, whatever whenever those checks cleared for the Bulls, he just didn't touch them. That was one to his separate account, was like his child's, uh, college account, or some shit like that. Like, he made enough money off Nike by bi- Nike biweekly where um he was good to go. If I had to guess,
2: yeah, I feel like his initial contract wasn't that big with Nike, but I could be wrong.
0: I'm sure he got some sort of points off of the stinkers though, and those stinkers have always been selling like fucking hotcakes. So, in between that Hi. and Gatorade, yeah. Um, what else did he have? He had that Gatorade. Um, then was really all you needed. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he saved Nike alone, single-handedly, by himself.
2: No, so he was making five hundred thousand a year with Nike annually, a bro, That's a lot of money, man. But shoot, you make <laughs> no. I'm mean, No, so I'm. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but at the same time, like his NBA contract kind of was still more, more than what they were giving. Was my point. So like it wasn't like he was all saying that much. So since he was making four million a year during like his during his seven year contract, reign. like his his seven year of under uh, seven years of being underpaid, like at least the first few years of it. I, I, I,
0: I feel like that came in Chicago. That can't be. I feel like Nike probably reported five hundred k. They was paying that maybe. Hold oh, on, please. No, please. Plus
2: royalties. please, plus please. Royalties. So <laughs> you know royalties kicked in. that changed that changed up a little bit more, but. <laughs> I also, that's, like that's, he had, because he had deals, he had deals with Coca Cola, uh, McDonald's, Chevy, General Mills. He had, he had so many other things. So, following from them, plus like those other people, those other ones, he's probably easy clear like five mil at least amongst those groups all combined at the minimum.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, also, but but that's the thing too is like, and I and I hope I'm sure Mike had a real savvy business manager because it's like you really can't quantify Michael Jordan's impact on, especially in like 1994. How much money was Michael Jordan actually worth to the American economy after that 3 peak You know what I mean? Like, you really cannot quantify that. Like, the league was making money hand over foot. He was making $5 million. Like, come on, dog, That is incredible. I would have been pissed, No, the league ate, bro. Like... I would have been pissed, too.
1: It was so wild, too, Is that media was becoming a little bit more of a thing. Like, games are starting to be televised a little more. Like, he came, like, at the perfect time. And he was a megastar, like he was a pop culture star, like like how they mentioned when they go when they go out of town, like everybody went going out the country that to time. I think they were in Paris. Everybody knew who he was, um, like and just like his his face was literally ever like he was literally the most popular person in the world. I, I saw, um, I think somebody made a good point the other day. As a matter of fact, I think I've seen people lose this a lot. But Michael Jordan might be the and I, I wish I could bring up their tweet right now to, to make sure I say the words correctly that the youth Well, Michael, might, Michael Jordan of Beyoncé? B- yes, Michael, it was B. Hunter, yeah. Like the Mike,
0: and That's just something that black black it, men and black women are not gonna agree on. That's just one of the ones where I was like, Why well, well, niggas wanna start not. a fucking fire on Twitter? Like that's not this
1: isn't bro, like <laughs> we just not gonna agree. It, this it, is niggas fucking niggas right. got time, bro. Niggas got time, they at home right
0: now, bro. Yeah, I that, I saw that one and I quickly I Euro stepped the hell. I was like, mm-mm. That wasn't it. <laughs> Yeah, 'cause cause I was I was very much like I could not the the facts apply how you want them to, right? Like, is Beyonce probably yeah. the most famous entertainer of all time? Sure, but in 1994, Michael Jordan was the most famous entertainer. I don't know. It was, just, it was this weird dynamic where, like, 20 year old Beyonce fans were like Michael Jordan, and I'm like, you're kids. Don't no, disrespect anyway, that man like that. <laughs> ch- children, Brad. Children. Anyways, what you saying, Keenan? <laughs> No, you cool. I think that makes sense.
1: And uh Jordan was averaging about 1.4 million from Gatorade for uh about a decade with Gatorade when he first started. Cause he took him away from Coke, so they had to offer him some more money. Um this nigga was getting paid hand over to fifth, but um I don't know, like so you talk about you talked about Jordan and Pippen a little bit, like how they were outside of that. Um my thing is, how, how do you think, like, the Pippen and Rodman relationship kind of was? Because we heard about Rodman talking about he, he felt like, he, you know, when Pippen was out, he got to be second field and Pippen comes back, he's kind of third. It doesn't, like, there's any riff, but as a guy that kind of comes to the team late in the second stage of the 3 P, you know, these guys have been together for the first three rings or whatever the case is, and, like, you know, you come in, or not you come in, but, like, basically your second, if I'm thinking right now, the second year with them, the third year with them, if when he uh, it's kind of when Scotty, you know, had the issue with down, Prep you're
0: like, do you think they ever had like a, a Rocky relationship? Uh, I mean, when they asked Scotty how Dennis fit in when he first signed, Dennis, I mean, Scotty sounded like he loved him. He said he felt like a hand in a glove. He said it with like a glow on his face. So I don't know. Um, I feel like,
2: Maybe down the line, like once they once he starts seeing like what they was getting credit for because Scott was known as like the defensive guy or the guy that kind of held everything together for them, all of uh-huh. a sudden didn't start getting the credit of that towards the end of like the like especially like, like by that, that last year, like especially they clearly seemed like he didn't like the glue that held everything together anyway, like at the end of it all, so Scotty might have had some salty feelings towards the end once he starts seeing like some of the his some of his credit he felt like he probably should have gotten that he wasn't getting because Scotty definitely has shown over the years that he does not feel like he's gotten enough credit for the t- his time with the Bulls.
0: No. Okay. No.
2: Like um, he truly shows that he does not feel like he's got enough credit, which I don't I agree he does, he has not gotten enough credit. At least the media has not given him enough credit. Cause we talk about what the media talks about at the end of the day. Like casual fans talk about what the media talks about. So if the media doesn't give him credit, people are not going to talk about him in the life that they should talk about him as.
0: I mean, Scotty's in this in this nebulous area where like when your teammates when when you win six titles this is the greatest player of all time, it's almost like how much credit do you deserve? Um, where I mean the point the point was made that Mike didn't win shit without Scotty, so obviously a lot of credit, but it's almost I mean, there are i I'm sure there are a lot of people like me who look at Scotty like just your know, everyday six seven nigga. If if there was another six seven lanky nigga who also played for the Bulls at that period, I feel like they could have been Scotty. But I'm probably wrong. Um but I also think that I'm not wrong. I also think that other people think like that, whereas like Mike just needed the help. And once he got the help, it wasn't so much it was Scotty, was just that it was the help per se. Like, we're already defining that Scotty oh, deserves help. Like, the credit. Yeah.
2: I agree with you because my thing is, Jordan, at the end of the day, whether people want to agree with it or not, Jordan, like, Scotty, now Scotty had his own skill set, but Jordan kind of like made him into what he needed him to be anyway. Jordan could have made whoever else was there into that guy. He's happy. He even said, like, no, like, I made Scott because I, I could see Scotty could be that person. Mm-hmm. Whoever the most skilled nigga on, the, on his team would have been at that time, if it wasn't Scotty, <clears> he <throat> would have done that same thing with that person. Like, that's just how that would have played out. I don't feel like like Scotty like would have still been like a very good player no matter no matter where he went. But Jordan could have made somebody else into what
0: Scotty was. Scotty need, Scotty needed it. some dog in him. Like I mean, people always tell the story, and I, I hate giving Kobe credit for anything, obviously. But people always say that powder had no dog in him, and then Kobe Gave put it to him. Yes. put some dog in him. I, I don't necessarily believe in the idea of like making somebody tough. I I feel like either you got it or you don't. But in the rare case yeah. where you can actually give it to somebody. It's kind of cool to watch. And so, like, Kobe did give Powell some dogs. Jordan did give Pippin some dogs. So um, those who are able to actually, like, like I said, with Mike, it was less about him not fucking with you if he felt like you were below him or beneath him and more about are you mm-hmm. willing to try to get to my level? And I really felt like he did notice him and Scotty that, like, you have the potential to get to my level. So I'm just going to pull you up, bro. Like, we don't have time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't like, you like You over here working hard. I can see you
2: trying. I'm going to help I'm gonna help pull you. I'm going to help pull you to, the, to where, I, where you right. want to go. I am I got you. Right. I got you, brother. Come, come here. Hold on. Grab on. I got you. Come here. Right. Come
0: this way. I mean, I think that's why he ended up fucking with Tony cool coach. Because him and Sky tried to run Tony out of town before he even got there. And Tony still showed really? up and balled out. So he mm-hmm. had to respect it. Yeah. Oh, he had to. Like, you had to respect Tony at the end of it. Because Tony easily could have been like, yeah, Jerry, I'm not coming. <laughs> you see them niggas? No. They hate me. <laughs> They they hate me, bro. Like, i don't go back to my country. We good. I don't need. I don't need this. Right. These niggas hate me. So, um, <laughs> gotta respect it, man. Gotta respect it. But yeah, we can move on to se- a segment two If y'all don't have anything else on the dream team, any final thoughts oh, on the on the Jordan doc? Any final thoughts?
1: Mm, no.
2: Nah.
0: Okay. No final. No. No final thoughts on this. Team. Never. Mind. I mean, go. No. Go ahead, doc.
2: I do. actually got final thoughts. Mm. So you know that part where it was, when when uh, Jordan was holding the trophy, they talking about like we never seen this nigga anything mm. other than mad and frustrated. Mm-hmm. I truly appreciate that moment of everybody talking about like, how they viewed this nigga and seeing him like when he finally showed like when he finally showed something other than like what they knew him as. Like all you, those years, like you you see Jordan's like all right, I'm trying to win, I'm trying to win, I'm just mad because we not winning. I'm mad because y'all not doing what I need y'all to, do to help me get there, or I'm working too hard to get us here. Then we finally gets to you, they clearly get to see that emotional side of him that nobody thought existed. Because they literally like, yo, bro, he crying. Like, even yeah. like, imagine, like, yeah, like, I'm happy I got to, I got to, like, feel you have your moment.
0: hmm I thought like, about, I'm, like, I'm um, happy
2: i got to witness it.
0: I thought about Kawhi after uh, they won last year. He started celebrating and damn near fucking uh, overheat like a computer. I was like, yo, that's, what, that's... no, because I mean, they said they said like we've never seen any other emotion other than like anger or frustration from Mike. And my first thought was like when Kawhi let loose, and he was like, woo, and then like you could almost see he like gave himself a mini headache. He like got lightheaded. He like, <laughs> I've never done this before. So, uh <laughs> so yeah, uh I, I did. I, I'm with you, Carter. I did appreciate the fact that they they made that point of to see Jordan cry was almost scary because it's like. Yo, who is this dude? We've never seen this ever. We've only seen Maniacal Jordan, but it's getting to the, t- the mountaintop. Once you've reached the mountaintop, you can finally let loose, you know? You, it's almost like... I was, I was making a comp... Uh, this is embarrassing. I was making a comp about... I used to well, I used to have to sing in church. Um, I would get up there, and I would be so fucking terrified. And when I would go sit down, I would just bust out crying. And, I, and I, I'm sure like, folks thought I like caught the spirit or whatever. I was just scared <laughs> to death. And I was finally glad to be done. And I'm sure that's like there's that's the same level of being just like letting loose once you've done. It's like, oh my god, I'm done. I can finally let this shit go. Um
2: like it's that yeah. moment of relief, like after all that stress you've had leading up to that moment, like once you finally do it, it's like, all right. Right everything can just be cool. I'm good. Right, right, right. It's right. like all right, look, it's out. And like however your body decides to let out that that feeling that you have, he just happened to be tears. Like, not like, all right, look, I can I'm so happy I'm crying now. That's it. We're here.
0: Yeah, man. And I mean, once you are holding that trophy. Don't nobody. I, I would not care, but nobody thought of me in the next six months, my nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I do not care. I have all. <laughs> I have all the the cachet right now. Like, laugh at me if you want to. I am the champion, bro. Like,
2: so. I've done what I want to do. <laughs> Y'all opinions don't matter no right, more. I'm at good all. right here.
0: At all, but that picture of him hugging Magic was was beautiful. It was it was like yeah. poetic. So, I
1: you know what? Now that you said that, it kind of reminds of. Uh, I do wonder if there is going to be a point, like anywhere in this documentary where like, somebody is like, no, we did not like this nigga, Michael. Because everything so far has been high praises to somebody that we've all heard in the past was low-key a douchebag, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, was like a jackass. And I really wonder if anybody's gonna be like, hey, nah, like, and of course he's like, in charge of it, so like, there could be, part of it could be like, hey, niggas, y'all not about to get on here and say that. And the other part (laughs) of it could be like, maybe he really was like, this really cool guy, like, he just wanted to fucking win. Like, long as you didn't
0: mess up that part, like, he wasn't bad. You know
1: what I mean? But I mean, and like,
0: sometimes, even, can... <laughs> but no, even episode one, when they had him yelling at, like, Ryan Harper and Tony, I didn't find that harsh. I, I honestly did not find any of that harsh. I mean, like, some of the language, he like, he used the F word, and, like, he was yeah. very pointed, but I didn't feel like he was, like, demeaning them or telling them they sucks. It was just like, yo, do your fucking job. Like, I didn't find that harsh at all. No, so, that makes sense. I
2: could so, be tripping. My home, according to my homie, he said he's already he's seen like eight episodes of this. I don't know how that man got a hold of it. So I'm not gonna put them apparently apparently like that. Apparently elite but, dog, but whatever. Yeah, I, but so supposedly, like he's like some of that, some of the negative stuff about Jordan does come out later on down the line. So I guess like we that we do have that to look forward to. Like, so even though he has fair Patrol, some of the I guess some of the negative come or some of the negative stuff he's done is going to start popping up. So like we are supposedly going to see that stuff, at least according to him. Like that's my
0: man, so I'm assuming he ain't lying to me about it. But, yeah. I mean, so somebody made the point, I think, on the Zach Lowe podcast about, um, I think he made the point about how they, he his his hypothesis is that Scott Burrell, I mean, the end of episode four where Michael's talking about all the shit Scott Burrell does is, like, foreshadowing into us seeing hey. Mike doing that shit. So, yeah, um, I'm sure okay. it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Uh and, I mean, we we moving through the decade, so... the I mean, his gambling's got to come up eventually, you know?
2: Okay. i shoot, it's too well-known uh, to not be
1: someone. Right. Oh, yeah. Here's... Okay, here's one thing that I'm not going to lie. I'm not the... They haven't done a bad job of like, it. Like, it hasn't been overbearing, but I have kind of, like, this... Like, I think the last episode was probably the biggest case of it, is how long they stayed back in time. Like, I understand that you have to put something in perspective, and you're also trying to do this a little bit for people who are unaware or don't know or weren't alive. Like, I know that we've all kind of studied, for lack of a better term it, or like seen different things. But mm-hmm. like, some of it is still for us, because we didn't necessarily live through it in terms of being like old enough to understand it. So I do get it. Like I'm not furious about it. Right? But I do think that specifically in the last episode, they spent so much time in the back. And I know they were trying to say why the Pistons thing was such a big thing. for him, So I get sometimes of it, but sometimes also feel like they're, they're so far back in the buildup, whereas like, some of the, the 98 content that I really think a lot of us are really, really like hoping to see. I feel like it's like lost. Or it's not, not lost, like literally lost, like hide and seek type stuff, but like lost, like like I don't know. Like, maybe maybe they're not putting emphasis on it, or maybe they're not showing it in a way that I thought they would. Maybe that's a better way for me to say it.
0: I mean, I so I, what I did hear to Carlos, what I did hear at the second half is definitely more current current ninety-eight, current day centered than the first than the first four episodes have been. So be on the lookout for that. And, um, I mean, I don't mind it, honestly. I, I love seeing clips of Mike with hair. I love seeing young Mike. I love seeing um, – I mean, he, they they showed him gambling on the bus. I, it was obviously, like, low stakes or whatever, but they right. showed clips of, like, uh, young Mike on the bus um, gambling for ones and fives. So, I'm sure, like, he wasn't making that much money back then. I'm sure he was a little bit more prudent with what he was making. So, it was definitely way low lower stakes at that point in time. But – um, yeah. he has he has an addictive personality. I wouldn't doubt. That's why I was always kind of um, not interesting, but definitely I, I I found it peculiar that he was just very dismissive of hanging out with his teammates that time. He like walked into that hotel room where all the shenanigans was going down. It's like no we know hey, hey, no what we know about Mike now. It's like I feel like that nigga would have partaken, but maybe a nineteen year or a twenty two year old Mike would have been like, I got my whole life ahead of me. I don't need to be fucking with y'all. You know, I, I can see that also. Yeah,
2: Whatever, talking about like his college year, it seemed like he was not that guy to be like involved in that type of stuff. And like he was just more so like focused on just like basketball and improve. Like that was like early Mike.
0: Right.
2: So I feel like the addiction stuff probably came a little bit later. Like once he like once he got into the full swing of everything is when that stuff started taking effect. Which is why like I don't think I it don't shock me a nineteen year old Mike was like or like twenty year 21 year old Mike was like all right, you know I'm not with this.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think he even necessarily. I don't think he just walked straight out. But I definitely do think that he wasn't, he wasn't the type of stuff he was on now. Like, back then he probably might have been introduced to like you know, because that was not i play this. that wasn't his first time seeing that, bro. You was in you, you was at UNC Chapel Hill, bro, in the '80s, like where crack cocaine was getting hyped, and you trying to tell me you had never seen that before? Not only were you near an all-white campus, bro. Duke is down the street. NC State is down the street. My school, North Carolina Central I'm, I'm is down the- sure. That's but not the
0: first time, bro. I'm sure Coach Smith ran a semi tight ship. I'm not saying that like 19 year olds know how to sneak away and see whatever they want to see. Bro, James I'm just... Worthy
1: was on that team too? No, bro. The people that they on the team, you think they went off? Nah, bro. Now, again, I'm not saying that he was doing drugs, but I'm not going to sit here and let him say like he was so confused about what was going
0: yeah, on. Yeah, he did play the naive hard. kid. He was like, I've never seen that stuff a day in my life.
1: I'm like, all right, Mike. Bro, no. Nah, that's what I'm not going
0: for.
2: I, I'm cool with him not doing it. You know what I'm saying? What else? In his mind, he probably view, like he's probably viewing it, even him like so. Like we got people, like y'all literally are like professionals at this level still doing the same stuff that I seen back in like college. Like these we all like broke doing this. Y'all y'all actually got money still doing this. That's how that's the that's the perspective I took from it. Like for him, like y'all never seen before, like I've never seen grown folks doing this and on this, like especially grown folks with money doing this.
0: Also, how big was that like, room if there was weed, coke, and women in there? Like how many corners did that room have? <laughs> Bro, I also
1: said, and, like, y'all have scene in there. Like, what was going on? Did y'all have, like, all the doors open in hotels back here? Like, look yeah, at It, 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 like, it, it, it might have been conjoining
0: rooms. rooms or whatever, right? It might have been conjoining. Yeah. <laughs> I really got to give, nigga. Because I'm nigga. like, how was it weed, coke, and woman? Like, that's that room. Like, hotel rooms, not that big in 1985, my nigga. Like, come on, Mike. Let's Let's talk. But, well no,
2: so if you look at um like with the strand Icon when they had all the hoes and they in those rooms back then, so it's probably those types of type of Yeah, you're right, you're right.
0: Yeah. You are correct. Um but yeah, I don't know. I've enjoyed so I will say it's only been two nights so far, but last night was probably I enjoyed episode four more than episode three. I'm I i do not yeah. know, like Dennis's Dennis's stories is kind of running the mill, not running the mill, blackhead. I don't want to like make it sound like y'all struggling, but like he had a hard life. And made some of it, you know. I feel like I've heard that story like four different times, though. So I don't know if I need another dinner drama story. Nah,
1: Yo, like, it, he saved it, this it, from it, World War III, bro. So, like, I already knew he was the boss. Like, you saved it from World War III, bro. You already a champion in my book. I ain't got to do nothing else, though. Like, I mean, for real, gotta... for real. <laughs> so I mean... we had to in North Korea, South Korea, whichever, one, whichever Korea it was. So, like, hey, bro, in my book, you, hey, man, you can't never do nothing bad. Like, you, you got me still here.
0: I just retweeted something about on on this day, was it 20 years ago? On this day, um in 1998, Dennis Rodman famously skipped a Bulls practice before a game, oh, it wasn't on this day, but before a game four in the NBA finals to appear with Hulk Hogan in the NWO on WCW Nitro. I didn't watch Nitro. I was strictly a Raw fan, so completely <laughs> missed that one. But yeah, that's incredible to me that like him and Carl Malone really fucking fought at a pay-per-view off of like, a finals that's weirdos weird. <laughs> not yes, weird yes. I, I i shouldn't say sh- i shouldn't no, say yes, i watch Yo, wrestling. Yes, weird Yes, i watch <laughs> wrestling but i don't know man Carmella, I that's his day dog carl's a carl's a character bro. carl's a character one more time shout out to Keenan and Cardo. stream beat the buzzer podcast wherever you stream your podcast they have not recorded so far this year but there is a library of quality content that y'all <laughs> should catch up on uh in the interim before they get back on the airwaves they are hilarious uh those two shout out to jam also um the three of them are entertaining as hell so yes beat the buzzer podcast wherever you stream your pods um thank you all for listening to everything we've got going on here reading everything we got going on here uh com. the albums of the decade project season one has wrapped again please uh listen review subscribe wherever you stream your pods to all 12 episodes um season two coming back this summer Season one will be a very good primer for what shall, well, I promise will be an even bigger and better version of the Elden of the Decade project. So, again, listen to all 12, like, review, subscribe, please, please, please. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, and again, for anybody, not again, but the, I, I threw a, a new ad read in the center of the pod, um, soliciting advertisement sponsorships. But in this time specifically of, of quarantine, of, of COVID, um, if any small businesses are doing acts of service uh, broadly defined so if you're making masks doing grocery delivery uh stuff of that nature uh ask free of charge here on what's radio so please 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 reach out let us know what you're doing we'd be glad to give you some free pub um just to help the community because um, yeah, every little bit helps right now so very 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 thankful for the, everybody who is Doing selfless acts right now because it's it's a scary time out here and folks need it. So much appreciation to you guys. Um, Yep, we'll be back, like I said, on Thursday with another episode of What's Who Some Radio. If not um, something non basketball related, I do have (laughs) another hour and a half of basketball talk with Keenan Nicardo where we rank our favorite NBA championship teams ever. But trying not to inundate either you or myself with uh, too much basketball talk, considering these Jordan recap, documentary recaps coming every. Monday nights, last Tuesday morning. So I uh, want to diversify the topics. Uh, Miss Rhonda Morgan will be back on microphone, if not this week, then next. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting on the phone with her and the myriad of other guests I'm trying to uh, get scheduled in the next few days and weeks. So um, thanks again. Thanks again. Thanks again for all your support. I really couldn't do it without, um, without you guys' listenership. So much appreciated. Uh, gonna keep trying to crank out quality content again in this time of code in this time of quarantine Um to keep both of us keep both of us busy. You know, I need to keep my mind going as well. So Thanks again for the support. Uh love you guys and I will talk to you soon All right, I'm bye. Detroit zone miracle the golden kid and everything I am must be what Detroit is. I'm Detroit zone yeah. I'm Detroit zone I'm Detroit's own, blessing. it owns my love, and everything I am is what Detroit once was. I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, I'm Detroit's own.